Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip hop that examines where hip hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And uh, we have some news. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, we're going to go on another hiatus after this episode. Yes, this is uh, the end of whatever season of, uh, <laughs> I don't know, fourth, fifth, third uh, of, of Catch Up. Yeah. This is the season finale. This is the season finale. Um, this is our third year doing the podcast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. started in 2018 which is crazy and um yeah we've, we've gotten so many you know it's we've gotten so many new listeners in the last year and so many of you guys have been showing us love on instagram which we appreciate it's nice to hear from you and nice to you know get a better picture of who our listeners are mm -hmm. um so it's it's kind of unfortunate timing to go on a hiatus at this point but we just kind of need to do it yeah there's uh, other obligations have come up in life and yeah. um you know, for now, we will, uh, you know, put, put it on hiatus, but we're, we don't know. We'll be back at some point. Yeah. That's we don't true. know when. Yeah. So just stay subscribed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to all the old episodes, go back in there. There's some gems. Some gems in there. Um, so this episode, or in our goodbye, our season finale, is a, it's a mailbag episode. We're going to answer all of the questions we have in our DMs and we've gotten um, on Facebook and whatnot and stuff. People have asked us personally. So, so we're going to get into it. Yeah. We don't really need to do the like regular business, except we'll, we'll get in early and just say thank you to Corey for all the research he's done this season. It's been amazing. Kyle for his producing and, and Caleb for the music. Yeah, we, we, we really appreciate the team behind Catch Up. Uh, they've been so good to us and really helped us shape the show and made it as good as it has been. And also thank you to uh, all our uh, Patreon subscribers for even as brief a season as it's been. Yes, we appreciate it. We made some playlists. I made a, I made a, a Houston Essentials playlist for my man Scott G, and uh, I was listening to it a lot, and it's it's fucking good. Yeah, I say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, if you just want to pay us a little bit of money to get a playlist right now, yeah, I think it's a great idea. It is a good idea. I also will say that if you're a Patreon subscriber and you want to play this and you haven't gotten it uh please uh message us yes. message us on instagram message us on patreon um there's some people i messaged through patreon for playlists and they didn't get back to me so um yeah we can we can make a playlist with attuned to your taste just give us a shout yeah and it will it will it'll be worth your while yes okay let's get into the episode let's do it Okay, so this is a very interesting question that I like quite a bit. It's from my man, Dak T, came to us on Instagram. Um, his question is, do you think Nicki Minaj deserves to be in the conversation with Drake, Kendrick, and Cole? Is the reason she's not in that conversation because she's a woman? Mm. First of all, let's take the questions one by one. Yeah. Do you think she deserves to be in that conversation with Drake, Kendrick, and Cole? Yes or no? The thing is, I don't really lump Cole together with Kendrick and Drake um in terms of like success or or artistic success or or um even just like influence or or, or something like that i know like that sort of, they became sort of the three-headed dragon but like cole is definitely successful but he's sort of i you know by virtue of him producing his own stuff not having features only really doing features recently. Mm -hmm. He sort of existed on his own plane, I felt like. He wasn't really gotten into beefs that much or, uh, you know, like, so he's kind of like just mm -hmm. in his own lane a he little his, bit. He had his little sub thing with Kanye West a little while ago. That's true. And and Lil Pump and he had a Wale thing, I think, as yeah, well. But like, right. none of that was like that 
career defining mm-hmm. um and and so like to me he's a really popular rapper uh who is sort of he's got sort of like a list um sales i would say but mm-hmm. not necessarily a list historical significance really not to me no uh-huh. and it's not really i don't really think i could be convinced of that to be honest like i think he is um he filled a niche really well mm-hmm. for when when he came up and i think I, I like I've felt that he got a lot better towards the, the tail end of his career, which I, I, I think a lot some people wouldn't agree with. Yeah, you know I agree. some of his fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think if you were to look at like the the three defining rappers of the 2010s, um, in terms of like mainstream success, like I probably put Kanye as being a That's lot right. more significant than J. Cole. Yeah. Um, I do I do think that they that the question is phrased that way because Kanye feels of another era still, even though he's very present in this yeah. era. Like because Kanye's career started in the in the mid two thousands. It's true, it. but he was as like there was as much time in the two in the two thousand tens, if not like even of the good of the good years mm-hmm. as there was in the two thousands. That's true. You're so, right. So um but anyway, just to to not to die you know, not to be overly um you know pedantic or whatever about the question like uh i think that she like kind of does but not i wouldn't like to me drake and kendrick have been overwhelmingly successful like Mm -hmm. uh kendrick really hasn't had much in the way of missteps Mm -hmm. i mean he's had such a tight controlled career yeah um drake has has had missteps uh you know especially with some of the way his albums have been sequenced yes that's right some of his like you know, losing the 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 battle with Pusha, mm-hmm. um, amongst other things, they they are they are just sort of on their own level. Cole and Nikki is, you know, it's an interesting thing. I think that because Cole kind of came out at the end of the decade really well, and Nikki's star has sort of dimmed since 2016 I or mean, 17. I think I feel like yes and no. Yeah. Like I think if you look at um, the commercial success of some of her singles, like that's not necessarily true. Yes, she's been extremely. She's like a massive artist, you mm-hmm, know. Like mm-hmm. she's, and I think the other thing that I think a, a thing that gets discounted about Nikki because, just in general, is just like, you know, the the fervor of her fan base is mm-hmm. really. I don't know if there's many people that you can compare that to. No, I think her fans are more passionate than Drake fans. Definitely, you know? for sure. Definitely, probably more passionate than Kendrick fans. Definitely, she's like a very significant cultural and musical figure a hundred percent and i think i think it gets downplayed a lot because if you're not you know a barb if you're not a Mm -hmm. part of her fan base it's almost like you think they don't exist because you're just not thinking about her as much as they are yes she's like an icon yes um i think so i i i would say if if the conversation is put into like the parameters of is she on the level of drake kendrick and j cole yes because in terms of cultural impact i think she's easily had as much cultural impact in the 2010s. If not, if not more. If not more yeah. than, than J. Cole especially. But even, you could argue, I wouldn't say Drake, but um, pro- probably somewhere similar to Kendrick. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, um, as for the latter question, it's I, we've kind of talked about, we talked about this a bit in the past on this um, show about sort of her career and um, like mm. you know the, the the ebbs and flows of it and mm-hmm. stuff and her highs and lows artistically um i think i've always kind of felt like Nicki minaj 
by virtue of being a woman was like a and art a bit to be like all things to everyone mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. at the time because she her some of her earliest stuff is very like late lady gaga totally and, and I, I think this is also why she doesn't get brought up in that conversation very much is that people don't necessarily just think of her as solely a, a rapper. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drake and Kendrick are both very pop. They both do. Mm-hmm. I think their albums tend to be less pop, mm-hmm. but they both, you know, Kendrick was doing collabs with Taylor Swift and whatnot. You yes, know what I mean? Exactly. He's like, like, you know, I don't know if he's done a Maroon 5 song, but I feel like he has, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, so he's like, but he still manages to retain that like, kind of like really artistic vibe because he, his albums are very like, they're very like conscious choices that, call that recall of an older era in terms of how albums are are done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas nikki's albums a lot are like there's like the ariana grande feature there's the there's like the Mm -hmm. home run swings for like pop success yes and i feel like that's why some people don't treat her in the same way that they treat uh kendrick and cole and drake they they just think of it as a different thing almost yeah I, i definitely agree and i think um I think, you know, which, which sorry, which is not to say that she doesn't have like straight up hardcore rap songs in absolutely. these albums because she does. And she has a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. Like if you haven't listened to Four Door Adventador, like go to Spotify right now and stream that or hit it on YouTube because it's an excellent rap song, you know, mm-hmm. or what was the song she had? That's the um, bar, it's called uh, Barbie yeah, Dreams? her song bar, Barbie Dreams, Barbie Dreams, which is just excellent. She's yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of like really fun. It's a good punchline rap. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got the fucking Biggie sample. It's really yeah. It's everything you want. Yeah, you know, there's something I kind of think about with with rappers um, uh, as just sort of like a, a good metric of of their stature at any like both in the moment and like over time. And it's like how much weight does their presence have as like a feature? Mm. You know, it's like when I, for me, Nikki is really up there at the top, top tier of when she's on a song, her presence like draws the gravity into it. Yeah. You know, like if you think about um, her songs with Drake and Lil Wayne uh, that were like those sort of crossover club hits, mm. like Truffle only. Butter, only and Truffle Butter, like her verses, like all of them come I mean, you know, three of the biggest rap stars of all time. And like Nikki always is kind of still like scene stealing. You know what I mean? Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So to me, yeah, I think she is on that on on that level in uh, if if we're, you know, in sort of the broad sense of it. Again, Mm -hmm. she doesn't maybe have as consistent a catalog because of probably some of the A&Ring, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, she's earned the influence. And she's like, you know, she's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, for... I think like we over the last you know four or five years, there's been a real explosion of um, amazing um, female women rappers. I mean, not to just you know make this is this some like a gender binary kind of thing, but like there really has been a room for them in the mainstream that there just wasn't for a very long time. That's true. And uh, and she's responsible for the, so much of that. Yes, you it's know? very true. Cardi B doesn't get to be Cardi B without Nikki. Megan doesn't get to be Megan without Nikki. Uh, without Nikki. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, uh, and th- those are two of the biggest rappers right now, bar none, with no qualifier of, of gender or anything. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's play a little bit of, um, let's play a bit of Four Door Adventador. Hit me on a celly, watching belly. Godson, I could see they study Machiavelli. Peanut 
it depends, got them jelly at the deli. If you feeling like a ninja, I got a machete. Hell yeah, them girls bad, but they're fucking heavy. I'ma fuck around and have them looking like spaghetti. I say some shit, he be like, yo, you so legendary. But he could tell just by my face he ain't getting any. Okay, so this one is from our man Triple Ryan. And his question is, what's your favorite leaked or unreleased song? Ooh, you know, we've talked about these two. I've talked about these two kind of recently on the pod in our Playboy Cardi um, episode. But um, like the Little Wayne Carter three leaks to me are like some of the best rap music ever released. Um, you know, I feel like dying. La la Kush, um, diamonds and girls. It, it go the list goes on and on and on. Um, as well as um, the Playboy Cardi, um, like kind of leaks from whole lot of red, like mm-hmm. Molly, no stylist, um, and the unfortunately titled Pissy Pamper. <laughs> um, so those are two. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are the two uh, two that come off the top, that are off the top of my head. I'm trying to think if there's any other like kind of more, you know, just rather than le- like sort of leaks of an album that didn't come out, like a, a just a Lucy song that I really love. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, I I, I gave us a little thought, and I think that what I've come up with is there is a version of the Kanye West song called "Famous" with Young Thug mm. on it, and he ha- Young Thug has honestly. A, an incredible verse that I feel sad that the world did not get to hear. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder why it wasn't on there. And I'm like, I feel like it's just because it was so good that it kind of takes over the song. Right. And you know, the Kanye West version is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Young Thug one, like Young Thug just completely snaps. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so good. Let's actually listen to Young Thug's verse from Famous with Kanye West. One more time for the shot town. One more time. One more time for the town. I bet that money come around if you stay down. Swear I just came from Europe. My money colored like a clown. Nigga, play with key switch beats. Nigga, only fuck you need freaks. Still Michael Jackson at the old elite. Yeah, bitch, you still dirty Diana to me. so that that's it for me i mean i i definitely agree with a lot of the stuff that's on the little the little wayne leaks were mm-hmm. really good that never got officially released but um you know I've also enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed some of the Drake future leaks that happened. Mm-hmm. There's the, a great one called Big Mood. Yeah, Big Mood. Yeah. That one's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other like kind of older stuff. There was some really good Ghostface stuff back in the day that got leaked that um, never came out because the samples didn't get clean, cleared. Um, and similar, there's some stuff like that with um, like Cameron and, and Jill Santana. Um, and then like, I think that there are some songs that are by people like 
Biggie that we now think of as being sort of classic songs that never were, were just sort of leaks. They never really got like a formal release. Interesting. Like I what? Think. Um, I'm not sure if Dream with Dreams was actually on. For example, that song that we're we're mentioning. Oh yeah. I'm the- not sure that that was actually on anything proper at the time. Um, there's a couple other sort of Lucy's. I'm trying to. I, there, I feel like there's something. But we'll, uh, we'll come back to we'll it. come back to it. If I think if I manage to think of any of the other other uh, songs that I just you know existed beyond like in in yeah leaked culture. Okay. Um. This next question is from one of my favorite listeners. Uh. This is Elliot, and her question is simply, "Forehead Diamond." Mm. Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Little Uzi Vert's Forehead Diamond? And for those of you who somehow have missed this, and I don't know how you have, because even people who are not rap fans have talked to me about this, but Little Uzi Vert allegedly got a $24 million diamond implanted in his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there there was also a photo that he posted, I believe, on Twitter where it was bleeding. Mm-hmm. And he said, I need to get this like set right or else I could die. Right. And I don't know how much of that is a troll and like what the situation is. I think it is a troll. It it but, seemed like a troll. Because I think he um uh like I think he said subsequently it's held in by like a piercing. Okay. You know. Um I don't I, I don't really know enough about piercings to understand how a forehead like diamond piercing yeah, would work. I, um, I should also mention that that Sauce Walker actually, if the rapper from Houston, mm-hmm. um, actually did this a few months ago, but it was like right below his like I believe his left eye. Yeah, like the diamond, almost like a teardrop tattoo. Yeah, and it was it was a a diamond, and like you know, my reaction to it was just like I was like, oh, come on, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like listen, I like I I I like sometimes when I see a rapper with nice jewelry, it's fun to look at, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there there are some limits to my entertainment from it from where I'm just like, this is just ridiculous and not in a way that I find like entertaining or anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I will say it's very hard to appreciate diamonds if you're not, not in person like diamonds. Like I remember seeing, um, clips like a clip show, um, many years ago at sort of the, the bottom of their fame. Um, and they had just gigantic chains you know with like re-up gang written in diamonds on them and like the way they shined it you know they like they people talk about shining yes and it's like you don't think about the actual like shine from them but like though their jewelry was so bright like the way it caught like the the stage lights and stuff it was pretty spectacular not gonna lie i remember going to see a wale show in london ontario in like 2009 and his, I remember being like, wow, that is a really nice chain. Yeah. And I will say, just from a video perspective, I saw a video of uh, of Kodak Black recently. Oh, my God. And he... He was shining. You saw it. Yeah. But Man, that John, was... TV Johnny. That was insane. Yeah. Like, it was wrists, neck, teeth, yeah. just, like, glistening. Yes. Like, yeah, that, on that, video. That was accurate. That is, like, crazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is, like, uh, the... the um, suburban dad version of this but like literally i remember when i bought my wife's engagement ring like the the way the stone shined i was because at the time i was sort of you know not that i'm a rich man and not that i spent that that much much money but i spent a lot of money for me Mm -hmm. um on this and uh and i remember being like it's kind of crazy that this like i spent all this money on this tiny little stone and um and then I got it, and it was just like the way the light caught it. I was like, just like looking at it, 
And I was like, oh, I get why people like diamonds so much. Yeah. You know, like, it really... Did you do you buy it with uh, sports bet sports betting money? <laughs> no, although I'm sure that helped. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right, let's move on. So this is from uh, Shinogo uh, Music on Instagram. The question is: What are your opinions on Toronto music video culture? What are your favorite videos, favorite eras, etc.? It's a great question. Mm. You know, it's hard not to remember like the um director x rt sort of era of of like chocolair and cardinal videos when Mm -hmm. they had like pretty big budgets yeah you know um that we that we came up on for our younger listeners especially younger listeners who are not from toronto you have no idea probably who cardinal or chocolair are yeah um cardinal had a big crossover hit which is actually coming back right now on tiktok wow uh, dangerous with with uh, okay, Akon. Cron. That's a TikTok hit right wow, now. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So that was his biggest single. But that was sort of ten years. That was after ten this. years into his career. Yeah. Um. But he had a run in Canada in Toronto from probably, like late nineties to the early two thousands. Yeah, and I believe he was signed to Motown in the early two thousands as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and just like what are some of the videos like Bacardi slang? Yeah, Bacardi slang, Northern Touch. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, uh, around the world by uh, uh, Rascals. You know, it's a classic. Those old chaos videos. Um, I mean, probably to me, the most ar- iconic Toronto rap music video of all time isn't even like a rap video, but it's um, uh, "Get Busy" by Sean Paul. Yes, exactly. I was you know? just talking about that last night. Um, yeah, I mean. I have love for all that eras. Mm-hmm. I will also say that um, the first kind of breakout jazz Cartier music video mm-hmm. is for a song called Switch. It's directed by my friend Kyle. Oh, really? He, he, he edited my short film. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Man, that video is incredible. It's incredible. It's truly an incredible video. Yeah. Um, to take your ass to YouTube, search Switch by Jazz Cartier. To me, that that is like... It sort of changed. It was like... It was it was a shifting of 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 Toronto rap music's guard. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're still. I feel like all a lot of Toronto rap, at least Toronto, like I would say, you know, downtown rap Mm -hmm. is is all post this video. Like I I think this video was like the 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 thing that kind of set off this entire new generation. Mm -hmm. And so that means like people like Killy Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I feel like. You know, they don't exist in the same way without this Jazz Cartier video. Yeah, I think that's true as well. Yeah. So I would recommend you guys go to YouTube and watch that. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, like, I think um, Claremont is sort of has like... Oh, my God. Really... So Claire, that's Claremont II, who is a rapper from Toronto's uh, Western Road area. Mm-hmm. And he's truly one of the most talented artists that mm-hmm. we have in our country. Mm-hmm. And just bizarrely not as popular as he should be. Yeah. Yeah, I and I don't good, really get I why. I have no idea. I why. find it confounding. Yeah, he has Claremont the second is the total package. Yeah. He he's somebody that appeals to every kind of rap music listener, mm-hmm. and to some people who probably wouldn't even like rap, he appeals to them. Yes, and and yet, yes, I I, I do believe that he, it might still happen for him because he, he's I think just it could. he's just too talented for for it not to pop off. Yeah, but it's just bizarre that we have somebody of this caliber of talent mm-hmm. that is not like you know fetid in the streets basically yeah you know even like in toronto i feel like he's someone who who you know uh, should be like the toronto signee from tde or something like that it's true you know it's true um this is a question that comes from our man 
uh, Julian McKenzie, who is a television show host and radio show host and just an all-around media maven in Montreal. Uh, we're a big fan of his. This question is, how much did the pandemic... Did we? I don't know if we asked this one. Say what okay. it, I say. I how much know. did the pandemic hurt for artists who were trying to make a name for themselves in 2020? Um, I feel like Rumor might have had more views if it weren't for 2020. What's Rumor? Rumor is that masked rapper um, who made that kind of like viral country rap influenced oh, song. Oh, yeah. Um, well, now that I've just shown myself on for having forgotten who that person was, yeah. it's possible. I don't know, though. I think it's hard for me to say. I definitely, I'm sure, has hurt some pockets financially, missing yeah. out on like a um, festival season. Yeah. I think like there's a, a category of artists who um, like, as my understanding goes, like you reach a certain plateau or peak rather, or you reach a new peak or new level and you have a certain amount of momentum and then you get like a, like a, a, you make a lot of the money you will make in your musical career when you got your momentum takes you to this point where you get like a really busy festival season, mm-hmm. you know, um, on, on like a hot, on like a, you know, decent tier on the marquee. And uh, I think there'll probably have been a few artists who got kind of a little screwed on that, you know, like they oh, yeah. last year would have been their year where they really, sort of cashed in and, and were festival style festival style. So yes. I think that, yeah, I do think it, it hurt some artists. I think, um, you know, for other artists, like, I mean, frankly, there's like a, 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 you know, no offense to our American listener friends, but there's a tier of, of artists who seem to be touring this, have like toured the South consistently, you know, they took despite a break the pandemic. despite the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, playing I, big shows with, you know, in rooms full of people, so I'm sure there are some people who didn't really actually make that big a difference at all. That's true. That's true. I mean, th- there is something that um that a uh, friend of the show, Papa, of the his own podcast, which is good, is called Pop's Culture. Um, he said, he had this this thing that he said that I thought was very really interesting. He, and that it was like sp- his spe- speculation. I don't know where he got this from if he read it elsewhere. But this he said that he thinks that maybe part of the reason Drake didn't release his album mm-hmm. is because he wants to release it closer to when he could actually go out on tour. I mean, that, that's got to be true. It, it might even not be not just that, you know, he might've yeah. just been like, I think that there is a good case to be made that there are some albums that are just going to do better when there are like a clubs to kind of like perpetuate the singles. Totally. Like this is the thing when, when touring comes back, Playboy Cardi is going to make so much fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like, that album is meant to be played at shows, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, and once again, we talked about it in one of our previous episodes, but if you think about his fan base as like teenage boys, mm-hmm. I went to so many like festivals when I lived in Amsterdam that were like, I went to a few hip hop festivals and it's primarily teenage boys, street, streetwear aficionados. Mm-hmm. And like, they go ham. Like they'd, yeah. be, they'd be moshing for shit that does not require a mosh pit. Yeah, yeah. You know, so imagine music that is like, primarily mosh pit music which is what that playboy cardi album whole yeah. lot of red is you know i think that the uzi album really suffered for not for when it came out um absolutely agree. i think that is maybe the it was one of the best albums especially like the deluxe album that had like for once it was like a, a double album of triple album almost yeah. of like all good music yeah and i think like songs like myron yes. would have been way bigger huge if, if they that'd had, be a had huge clubs. single I, I do also think that whenever Playboy Cardi drops the deluxe, that's going to be a huge album as well. Mm-hmm. So he'll, it's like essentially he'll have dropped two major albums. Yeah. But I think, you know, those are, are 
both albums that like do you, you know we i think we've we've saw it so much with boozy fade which was really so always such a vehicle for playing the most contemporary music mm-hmm. as a dj night um where we would see like you know for a good example was we dj'd like the first we just so happened to have a boozy fade the weekend that uh, old town road first dropped yeah and like you know from old town road going from you know the sort of internet song that like hit would appeal to the boozy fade crowd i think we played like five times that night it was like really fun <laughs> yeah you know within a week we were tired of it uh-huh. and of course it was popping at home on people's youtubes and so on but i think that there's a real value in the ecosystem of music distribution for like those experiences happening in clubs and how that affects like the perception of music i mean this is the thing and i think like another thing it's like you know if you ever wonder why like hip-hop and strip clubs is such a big thing Mm -hmm. a big part of that is the muscle memory that people have from like throwing money to a song or seeing mm-hmm. a really good dancer mm-hmm. while a particular song is playing. Yeah. It, it implants the song in your being in a way that like almost no other context could. And I feel like that's a big part of like songs that are big in a club. Yeah. You know? Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I th- I do think it has affected people. I think we'll only really understand it in, in as time goes on. Man, this new Cardi B song up, which is, yes, I think is an incredible song. It's a great example. I think that song's incredible. Yeah. Like, not being able to hear that song in a club, it hurts me. Yes, and it'll hurt the song, actually, I think. You know, like, WAP, because of the conservative outrage, got to have, like, an ex- more of an extended life, Yeah, I think. And just the fact that it was, like, sort of a Cardi B return mm-hmm. sing- single. But even that, I think, would have had bigger life if it had big been time, in public. Big time. I, do, I do think Up is going to be a big hit. It's, yeah. it's fucking good. Yeah, it is good. It's quite good. I hope I hope it is. And I, I look forward to hearing it in a club in six to eight. 10 years <laughs> somehow that joke still doesn't get old yeah unfortunately <laughs> all right so here's another question um this is from uh the voker on instagram he's like do you think my man jid will be a major selling rap artist no <laughs> <laughs> say more I mean, he's... I, and for those who don't know, J.I.D. is a rapper on uh, J. Cole's label, mm-hmm. um, which is called... What's that label? Dreamville. Dreamville, yeah. Um, and he's a very technically gifted rapper. Yeah. And um, has a pretty solid fa- fan base, but mm-hmm. he's by no means easy mainstream. He's definitely... You know, he's, he's on... I think say he's on the outer edges of mainstream, but he still has... Collaborates with people like Young Thug and like, you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of thing. But he's... Yeah. Yeah. I think like... Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but... There's a couple things going against him. The first is that he is like a technical, thoughtful rapper, which uh, generally doesn't lead to mainstream success in the first place in 2021. <laughs> That's true. Secondly, uh, he's on an artist's label. Mm. Uh, so he's not never going to be the first priority of that label. Mm. Um, thirdly, there's been about a few artists who are also on that label other than J. Cole, and none of them have reached any bigger peaks than jid like and they're mm. all good like loot and boss i like i love I, I, gang you know I, they're, they're successful artists they're successful they're artists. just not mainstream or crossover artists they're yeah. just like the kind of people that have their own kind of consistent fan base and yeah. like that's kind of their lane and like honestly for my money that's okay yeah like i mean I, it's a f- great life i think it's a great life like i think that there are things that you have to do to become that like go up a level or three you know, for in, in some cases of those like Dreamville artists, like mm-hmm. to go from being them who are getting good features, they have decent album budgets, they'll get a good 
like they'll have, you know they have their fans mm-hmm. they have their lane to you know becoming j cole yeah you know like there's there's a lot of luck a lot of timing there's also frankly just the, the sort of presence thing where you're gonna sp- how many people as an artist like the way i kind of look at it, my my general thesis of artists mm-hmm. of, like um if you're like if jordan painted a painting I'm probably going to like that painting because I like Jordan. And but depending how good a painter Jordan is, like his artist his size of his artist size size of his sorry, the size of his audience, the people who are going to respond to him is going to be bigger or smaller. Mm-hmm. I might be the only person that likes it or I might be one of millions. Mm-hmm. And like uh you know, for someone like JID, he's got like his nice little amount, but I don't think he's the type of person that you know, you just play him in a room full of like high school students and like everyone stops talking. Yeah. That's you know true. what I mean? It's a little too, fine. It's, it's fine. That's completely fine. You're right. This is a, this is kind of a piggyback question and this ties to what we were talking about a bit earlier, but this is also from the Vokers. Like, do you think that after Kendrick, Drake and Cole's run, we will ever see another lyrical rapper doing this type of these types of first week numbers? Seems like the last of an era, unfortunately. And then he also added, He's like, I think that Denzel Curry has that potential, but without a major label, he's not going to be there. And he's like, Corday may have a shot, though. And that's exactly who I thought of when he said this, mm-hmm. is Corday. Yeah. I do think Corday could be a very massive rapper. Yeah. You know, I think I understand why he feels that way. But one of the things I would say is that, like, the pendulum always swings. Mm. You know, we're, we're, get, we're really getting very far into the Goo Goo Gaga era of rap you know um <laughs> which i have been as big a proponent of as anybody um but like you know sometimes i hear new rap songs and i'm like this is very derivative mm-hmm. and like when a style becomes very derivative like it can a- achieve sort of um superficial success but usually there's a there's a a, a swing when a, a style becomes derivative for example in um the late 2000s like 2000 the aughts um there was like a it was an era of like where hot 97 and like new york radio stations were propping up these like kind of like club bangers from wannabe club bangers from these new york artists like red cafe mayno yeah fabulous late latter day fabulous um because they weren't really willing to like accept that like southern rap was actually making the good club music at That's the time. That's right. And like right. eventually they had to give up on that because like that music wasn't good for the most part, yeah. you know? And uh but like they had were going on the mold that Jay-Z and 50 Cent and Cameron had built in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. you know? So like whereas like that those guys had sort of shifted the, the sound that New York radio might've been playing from, you know, uh, someone like some people like mob deep a few years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. So these things like they constantly keep evolving. And then after that happened, after the, the red cafes and the Manos became corny, that's when like ASAP Rocky appeared. Yes, that's true. You know? Mm. So I think like, even though it can feel sometimes like, like, um, you know, the, there's this something like the, like the classic nineties values of, of the kind of more thoughtful lyrics are going extinct. There are a lot of artists on the underground that are still like that. And if, to me, the ball that could point to it just being the the fact that the appeal is limited to the underground, it could also mean that they're the people waiting in the wings for the sea change to happen. Hmm. 
I I I I generally agree. I do th- I do think that like you know, I think that there's a chance I don't feel like it's the last of anything, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, with any luck, we're all going to be alive for a long time. Mm-hmm. We're going to see so many changes in, in music, mm-hmm. and I think it's like you said the pendulum does swing the other way. Like, you know, I think pe- people were thinking we'd never have a mainstream lyrical artist this d- decade. That's true. And like we have Kendrick and Cole mm-hmm. and Drake. Yeah. You know, like, so Yeah, I, I just don't really think that, you know, you know, like, even if you think of like, I don't know, Megan's a lyrical rapper. Yeah. Meek Mill's a ly- lyrical rapper. It's true. Meek Mill's granted not, I guess he is pretty big. He's his last albums sold really well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there, I think, I think that I would say like, don't, you shouldn't feel that way. Cause I think it's going to happen and it's going to happen constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I have a follow up question though for you. Yes. Do you think that with the speed that like stardom is occurring and um you know the, the just the appetite for newness in in music audiences, do you think there will be stars that have as long a careers as people like Kendrick and Drake and J Cole and whatnot have had going in, into this next decade? Do you think there will be people who are like after ten you know who are big now say yeah who in 10 years will be even bigger? That's a good question. I mean, I do think it will be really challenging. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, it's still pretty early in her run, but look at Cardi B. Yeah, that's true. We're about three, four, five years into her career. It's probably, I'd say probably fairly at three, three, three to be really, to be really like on the letter about it. And like, you know, this next album she puts out is going is to be a smash. Absolutely. It's going to be a smash. Mm-hmm. And just based on the way that she's been handling her celebrity in the last few years, I just don't see that stopping. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she'll probably take some, you know, she'll take years off between albums, go and do a bunch of other things. She's about to star in her, she's about to have a starring role in her first like feature film. Like, and, and I think that she will continue. I'm thinking in terms of other rappers, um, I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see where people like. I think Travis will be big still in ten years. I mean, he's if we're counting in five years, maybe in five years. Yeah, which it's from the beginning time. with the beginning of his career, that's 13, a ten years. Yeah, 10, 13, 13 year exactly. You know, so run. I think for as long as he wants to make music, Travis will be big. Yeah, just based on the 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 age of his fans mm-hmm. they're like teenagers still a lot of them are in their early 20s when they get to the 30s i'm like fucking travis man yeah this is, reminds me of university that's true you know what that's i mean funny. like so yeah i think like he and he's like a cultural tastemaker like people like that are gonna hang around mm-hmm. and when they put up music it's still gonna be important to people mm-hmm. so I, I do think there'll be there'll be that kind of longevity yeah but i you know i i, I am curious of like who you know who will be the surprise the people that were kind of surprised that like they've managed to keep it going you know in mm-hmm. 10 years like someone like Lil Uzi i think just because he's he's got such a range he's always he's his sound is always like kind of on the cutting edge mm-hmm. he's someone who i can see lasting a very long time me too um but i wonder with people like Rowdy Rich or like yeah. um y- you know people like that i wonder what like I can see with Roddy Rich literally going both either way. Like yeah. I can see him being non existing in two years, basically on the charts in terms mm. of his presence, or I could see him being the biggest rapper in the world in five years. Yeah, that's interesting. I do think I think Roddy's so talented that mm-hmm. he will exist. Like Probably. there's no way that people like that don't exist. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. And once again, it also helps that his fans are teenagers. Yes. Like I, I think that that's another big thing. It's like they're gonna age with him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um 
Yeah. If you think of even like somebody like Lil Durk, mm-hmm. who's had a very long career, very long career in the mainstream. Yeah. And and is reached kind of reached his peak of success this still year. Going up, still, still going up. Still going up. up. Yeah. yeah. So well, he's probably this year in twenty twenty one. I would predict him to be one of the biggest rappers of the world in I, the world. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. It's kind of insane. It is insane. Uh, pretty unexpected, I would say, for, to, for most people. Okay, so this is a question from Paul Chin. It would be good to have some minutes dedicated to talking about the practical solutions around supporting artists, particularly independent ones, particularly as the pandemic has revealed a lot of shortfalls the current Spotify-centric industry has been susceptible to. Okay. Um, well, I think it, it all depends on the level of success of the artist is the first way we, to frame that, you know? I think if you're if you're thinking about like artists that are self-distributed, for example, like Bandcamp. Does a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. Bandcamp Fridays where they, you know, all the money goes directly to the artist. Mm-hmm. Wait, you know, just kind of, if you want to really support an artist that is on that level, that's the, pretty much the best way you can do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, buy merch. Buy merch, you know. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a funny, I don't know, I mean, it's a it's a f- funny time for supporting sort of middle class artists. I mm-hmm. feel like because it's like someone like Cardi B. It's like what do you yeah. what do you need to do? Yeah, you know, exactly. you gotta send them. It's like when you you know when you order like well um, he, he, yeah he's talking about independent artists. Oh okay okay yeah yeah because I, I was it's like you know when um you order something on Uber Eats and it's like give two dollars to the restaurant yeah yeah do you think McDonald's gets that <laughs> like, oh my like, god let's just give true. that extra two dollars to yeah. McDonald's because they're like sending me hash browns yeah you know. If, um, if you're giving an extra two dollars to McDonald's, you've got to maybe do some research about stuff that's going on in your community. Yeah, <laughs> maybe exactly. you better spend that money. Yeah, um, yeah. For independent artists, I mean, I think Bandcamp is a pretty good thing. I yeah. can't. I don't think Bandcamp can be the only solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another thing is like. You know, tell your friends about the artists that you like that are like independent artists. That is great advice. You know, like I think I think about this for myself sometimes when you're posting songs from like the biggest artists in the world Mm -hmm. and then you have a smaller artist that you like, but, you know, maybe not as many people know about them. I think you kind of want to give them that same kind of love and exposure. You're right. This, you know, something I feel like would actually be a good thing for me to do because I am constantly finding new music like mm-hmm. i have much i've talked about this on the pop before but i'm much more the type of person that will be like enjoys finding new music than like listening to old music for comfort um you know i i really enjoy the experience of finding something new and and that like the pleasure of of hearing like new sounds or new new styles so um and i, I do that and then i i kind of like sit on them myself sometimes i don't always like share them sometimes i do i mean i'm lucky enough that jordan and i and our friend mo we've got a um a group chat uh where we share new rap a lot so i I do that's one place where i do on but that's even that's only to two of my friends i could be probably posting more about that kind of stuff big time big time big time i think i think a lot of people would appreciate it okay so we have a question from carmio on instagram and carmio's question is Will you do a Lupe Fiasco episode? Interesting career, but fascinating albums, especially. So let's just take that to talk. Let's talk about Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, very, I was like a early big fan of Lupe um, in, uh, in, you know, 2005, 2006, um, before he released his first record, 
Food and Liquor. Um, he had a mixtape series called Revenge of the uh, called the Rhyming Ape, and there was like one of them's Revenge of the Nerds. Um, uh, you know, it was, there was it was just like um, those mixtapes were so good. Uh, I was I, if you have never listened to them, they're all available on YouTube, um, and they're worth going back to. Um, you know, it's where he put out the the Diamonds of Sierra Leone remix mm-hmm. of Diamonds Are Forever that Kanye then basically took and replaced with the original Diamond single from Late Registration. Interesting. Um, so I was a really big fan of his and I was very excited. And like, I think, and you know, I, I was a teenager then. So it was like, I was really, inve- you know, invested in the way that teenagers are in an artist. And I liked Food and Liquor, but I was a little bit let down by it. Mm. Um, and and then i never really i felt like he got overly complicated as an artist a little bit like he was really and i know that's what appeals to a lot of people but like it never him sort of doing these like five minute songs where he would philosophize about all these kinds of things it just didn't really like do do it for me in Mm -hmm. the way where i felt like he was a lot more sort of fun and like less self-serious early on and like more dexterous as an artist I think he is very extremely talented, but he's kind of my artist that I, he's like him and ASAP Rocky are like the two artists I was extremely invested in early on uh-huh. and then a little bit disappointed by their career while still like liking them, but not necessarily being my, my expectations maybe and sort of being there first, maybe got me to be, um, you know, they, I don't know. They just sort of tainted the expectations were too high. They couldn't, they didn't end up delivering on it. That said, um very recently when mf doom died lupe did like a tribute to him um where he like rapped in the style of mf doom and it was incredible wow yeah wow that's cool so for our last uh two questions jordan and i are each going to come up with a question to ask one another on on the spot we did not plan to do this but (laughs) it's a funny idea um here's my question for you jordan if we were going to do one more episode at some point in the future like you know an area we haven't talked about in the past mm-hmm. who would you what would you want to talk about um i would love to talk about evolution of rap in toronto from the 20 like 2014 to present day mm. rap and r&b actually quite mm-hmm. frankly mm-hmm. just like the rise of toronto street rappers and whatnot like mm-hmm. there's so many good ones out there right now that's crazy like even like i mean pressa in a lot of ways is the lead the lead racehorse right now mm-hmm um, he's like out living in LA. He has a you know major label deal with Universal, and he's you know he's getting all the all the major looks. He's on like No Jumper podcast. Like he's really like breaking out. But there's like a, a legion of guys that are still like in the city who are really good, like Northside Benji, or mm-hmm. you know you can name a, a million people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably talk about that. Plus, you know, you got the like uh, DJ SB. You got like people like X Miranda. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like creative talent you got toby mm-hmm. you know there, there's so ma- i feel like there's so many different kinds of artists to talk about mm-hmm. um then on the r&b side you got savannah ray you got mm-hmm. like people like that like there's a lot going on with like toronto's music so i talk about toronto rap r&b for the last like from 2014 to present day mm, nice mm-hmm. um and for you um this is like kind of a cliche question but i am oh you know what let me i'll freshen it up so I would ask you, like, you know, desert desert island record. Like, if you were on a desert island, mm-hmm. um, and you 
probably didn't have very long to live because you're on a desert island. Right. Um, is that how you say it? Desert island or deserted island? Desert island. Although deserted island, I mean, it really means the same thing. I okay, guess. cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're on a de- desert island. <laughs> you have one album right. that you can play from a uh, CD player with a boombox. Right. And it has to be an album from the last five years. Ooh. And it's the only album you can listen to before your untimely and unfortunate death. Right. What uh, would it be? It would probably be Blonde by Frank Ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I'd be kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> You'd want the music to match the mood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that or... Um, I kind of I knew you were gonna say that. By the yeah, way. I want to. You know, the other another answer would probably be like, uh, you know, Young Thug. Um, so much fun because uh, I, I feel like, in spite of my uh, mortality, I'd probably want to try and enjoy myself. Because in my mind, like being on a desert island, I imagine. You could call like an island up in like the Arctic Circle, like a desert island. Um, that's mm-hmm. probably technically true. Mm-hmm. But in my head, it's like you got coconuts, you got like yeah, parrots flying situation. around. It's a beach situation. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm probably going to like die because I get an infection or something, uh, I want to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> my last little bit, you know, try and like uh, find some island fruits and ferment them and create my own sort of like desert island uh, wine type of thing you know do all that kind of thing yeah you know like just uh uh, just try and make the best of things yeah that makes sense yeah how about you um yeah i think i might i might go with uh with two um if i had to choose two Mm -hmm. i think on one hand i'd want like i'd probably take um playboy cardi whole lot of red nice just so i could like get the energy from it Mm -hmm. and then maybe run around to expedite my death if it's gonna be like suffering i'm like let me just get amped up right expend all my energy and then die sooner right um that'd be important to me and then for like a more like vibesy like just like a nice feel i would i would go with mariah carey's caution wow which is her uh 2018 album which is excellent Mm. and if you haven't listened to it which tragically seems like a lot of people haven't i would strongly recommend going back and listening to this album um it's just mariah in a new age, like she really has done a great job of working with like a lot of young producers, great features, Ty Dolla Sign, obviously on mm-hmm. the album, um, people like Gunna on the album. And mm-hmm. it's just slick Rick. It's like a good mm-hmm. meld of old and new. And it's a cool way to see like a, you know, pop royalty, like Mariah Carey really, you know, keeping up with the, with the times and really sounding good while doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that would be really nice. And if someone discovered you, uh, listening to Mariah Carey by yourself on a desert island, they would probably be like not scared of you, yes, you know, true. like because otherwise you would you'd have like this like you know you probably look all wild, uh, <laughs> disheveled, <laughs> and dirty, and smelly and whatnot. Yeah. But then they hear you know the soft sounds of a recent Mariah Carey album, like <laughs> well they can't have been here that long, and he's got like nice taste. This is you know non confrontational music. It's true. It's true. And that's it, folks. That's uh, the last episode of uh, this season of Catch Up Podcast. Um, you know, we'll we'll probably be back sometime in the future. Yeah, in what shape or form? You know, we've been talking for a long time about doing like a limited series. Yeah, even the way that we started up again is we were going to do some like 
kind of bridge episodes of the podcast yeah, until exactly. we started working in the series. But what ended up happening is we started having so much fun from this. We were getting such great feedback from mm-hmm. people that we decided to kind of keep it going. But I will say the notion of doing like a series is is pretty appealing because um, one of the challenges with, do, with the way we do this is that there isn't like, you know, just talking about the recent stuff in music, it doesn't always like it, it can get a little bit tired for us to mm-hmm. kind of be like, we like this. We didn't like it. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's nice to have like a six part series where we talk about something. And I think we still would like to do that. So if there's any ideas you have, there's like a, a topic in hip hop that you feel like deserves some like a, a deep dive, mm. like something that you could, we could do multiple episodes on. Mm. Let us know. Hit us yeah. up on the, on the on the Instagram because that that's the thing that's going to most likely bring us back. That's right. Sooner. That's absolutely true. Um, we just want to thank you all. First of all, we want to thank, we did it earlier, but we want to do it again. Thank the team that helps us make this podcast. So it's Corey, our researcher, Kyle, our producer, Caleb with the music, mm-hmm. um, and all of you guys for listening. There's, we've gotten so many nice messages in the last like few months. It's been really amazing. Like So many new listeners who've just really shown their love and talked about like, you know, we want this podcast to be bigger. We want to hear more from you guys. And mm-hmm. we, we appreciate all your support and your kind words. And um, just know that we, we will likely be back in the future. We just don't know when, but stay subscribed mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, keep following us on, on Instagram and, 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 and who knows when, when we'll pop back up. Yeah. All right. And in the meantime, stay safe. Uh, you know, we're going to miss you guys, but uh, yeah, we're send, well, sending you love. This is, it's a, uh, see you at some point. Not yeah. Goodbye forever. Probably, All right. Probably. Take care of yourself. <laughs>